The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Brown Rohrbeck. She goes by Jerry. She has gone from beginning her childhood on a chicken farm in Montana to an international teacher, author, and hypnotherapist. On some days, you can still find her in her beauty salon. Over 50 years of being a hairstylist has given her an abundance of wisdom. During this time, she studied the holistic world extensively and healed many aspects of herself. She's earned her PhD in metaphysical sciences and traveled the world teaching and doing private sessions, emerging herself in different cultures. She's also written a couple of books, a memoir called From Behind the Chair, and her other book called The ABCs of Never Having Another Bad Hair Day. Hi, Jerry. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Well, well, I want to dive into the books and talk about the amazing things that you do, but I do want to share with the listeners just really quick how we met. I was looking for a practitioner to do a Life Between Lives session with me, and I looked on the Michael Newton Institute website. And I found you, Jerry, and we were just destined to meet and have the session. And here we are now to talk about your book and and to be on my podcast. So thank you for facilitating such a wonderful session that I look forward to sharing on the show at some point in the near future. Thank you. Yes, I think we were destined, even though I was traveling at the time. And I was back in Montana, and I didn't know why. And The night that you and I connected, also six cousins that we had been looking for for 35 years found me because I confirmed your Facebook friend request. Theirs was the next one. 
the whole trip was totally magical. Oh, how amazing. What an impactful trip that must have been for you. Speaking of impactful, these books that you have written because of this life journey that you have been on thus far, I'd love to dive in and talk about that a little bit. What inspired you to write these books? The first book is the ABCs of Never Having Another Bad Hair Day. And at first, I had to do it because then it was like 30 years of behind the chair. And there were so many things that clients didn't understand that other hairdressers didn't understand. And I wanted to put it together in a way that would bring light to many issues. So it's just 26 very short chapters, the ABCs. And it covers money and communication and bosses and work and how to pamper yourself and why we need to do that. So if it's in a beauty salon, you can open it up and you'll read the page you need to read. It really enlightened my clients as to what we go through. And in doing it, I learned a lot about them. Oh, how wonderful. What a thoughtful book to write for the, is it for the client or is it for the hairstylist? It says on the book, for anybody that has hair needs to read this book. (laughs) It will open up many issues and thought patterns that we have just because we've always had them. So first of all, find out why you've always had that thought. Maybe it's time to rearrange it. Nice. Yeah. So you've written that book and then you've written this other book. Now, this other book's a bit different, a bit more personal, isn't it? It's from Behind the Chair, Soul Seeker's Journey to Freedom. And when I started working on myself, I found that I had no idea that I did what I did in life. I just did it. And as I started working on me and finding different issues in me, I would talk to my clients. And I mean, one of the big ones is being molested. And I was totally blown away by how many of my clients had been molested and never told anybody. Nobody. And these women were like 70 and 80, and this is 20 years ago. So that puts them in their childhood, like in the 20s and the 30s. So it was rampant then, too. And I thought, somehow I've got to let people know that we're all in this together. And then I'd gone to a convention in San Francisco called Healing Women. And there was over 500 women there from all over the world. And they were all dealing with molest issues. And it's just a huge part out there that women have to know that it's okay to now come out and tell and and talk and heal. And most importantly, what I wanted this book to do is even if people know they have an issue, the majority of the people don't know that there's a way to heal it or look at it different or be okay with it. And I also wanted to show that a lot of the things that I worked on, it's not a one and done. Because I have people say, well, you've been doing this stuff for so many years. Why isn't your life perfect? Well, for me, it is. But it doesn't always look perfect. 
And it's the more we do, the more we get given. And it's like every class I went to, sure, I got an answer. But after I went home, I got 20 more questions. And then I had to go find another class to find out what those were. Life is such a process. So that and a lot of the other issues, mother issues, it's amazing how doing this work changed my life. And this story is there, how I had a crazy mother. And there's a group of us, we call it the crazy mother syndrome. And I was the one that ended up taking care of her because both of my other sisters walked out of my life when she got sick. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And my stepdad, who I hated because of doing this work, he ended up living with me for nine years after she died. And he was the biggest blessing that my daughter and granddaughters ever had. So it's just going in and finding out why these things are in your life. Before I started this work, I could stand behind the chair and tell everybody how to run their life as mine was always in the toilet. And now people come to me and say, this is going on, what do you think it is? Until I get you in a session, I do not know because we do not know. It's made me totally quit judging anybody's life. Well, I have to commend you on your courage to share your story and put it out there to help other women know that it's okay to also share their stories in hopes that it leads to healing and whatever other outcomes it's intended to lead to. Now, when you talk about sessions, what kind of sessions do you do for people? The main one is the Life Between Life session, where we go back through this life to when you were in the womb, because we make a tremendous amount of decisions about our life the moment that the soul connects with the new fetus. And we can make decisions about our parents, the environment that they're in at the time. And then as we come out, because we've made these decisions in the womb, we live our life making them right. No matter how much it hurts, One of my teachers said, we would rather be right than happy. And it's true. That's eye-opening. It is. And some of these things took me months, years to really grasp that we make these decisions when we're in the womb and very young, and then we hang on to them and we're going to make them right. And part of it is taking on our mother's emotions when we're in the womb, whether it's, I'll ask somebody, what was the emotion? Well, she was scared and had a lot of anxiety. And I say, so what did you do with that? Oh, I took it on to help her the rest of their life. That's what they do. They're full of anxiety and spend their whole life trying to make their mother's life okay. Wow. And then from the womb, we go to a past life. And to the death scene of that life, because at our time of death, we make or can make a lot of decisions about the life we just lived. And then we take those onto our next life. 
and then the pattern repeats itself. And then from the death scene is where you go to the between life, where hopefully one of the first things you do is meet your guide. And once you meet and can communicate with your main guide and you learn how to listen and carry out what they say to do, life is just one miracle after another. In 2001, I got the message I had to go to Greece. And then 9-11 happened and they stopped all the planes. And I had been told that this trip was going to change my life. So when we couldn't go, I called this psychic and I said, now what's going to happen in my life? And they said, oh, you're going to go. And who are you going to meet there? And I said, nobody. And he said, yes, you are. And he described this short woman with long black hair. Well, in Greece, they all are. So I went. So how do you go to Greece and find somebody that's looking for you? And on the third island, I went for a massage and met this woman who a psychic had told her six years before that an American woman was going to come help her. And since the 1st of October of 2001, we have totally been joined at the hip. In fact, next Saturday, I'm leaving to go back to Greece. From 2001 to about 14 or 15, I went every four, five, six months. And then because of, in 17, things that were happening in my life... I think 17 was the last time I was there. Wow. And then the pandemic, I haven't been there for five years. So when I was in Montana, I get this email from her and she said, this is your ticket. This is your itinerary. I'm tired of waiting for you to make the decision. So I'm leaving a week from Saturday to go. Even how crazy the things sound, if you do them, It's amazing. And when I don't listen to them, it never turns out well. (laughs) That's so true. What I love the idea about doing the Life Between Life session is that it's another way for somebody to connect with their team on the other side, uh, on top of maybe guided meditation, channeling, going to visit a psychic medium. It's just another way that somebody can meet their own team, their own guides and whatever else that it is that they're supposed to connect with. Do you have any interesting things that you have learned from doing these sessions about the other side that maybe not everybody knows about? Very few people know about the other side. The main thing is the information that you can get while you're there from either your council, your guides, or wherever they take you to find the information. As you know, you come with a list of questions. And when I'm prompted by my guides to ask those questions, the answers will be there. And about the number one question most people have is what is my purpose here in life? And they might not like that purpose, but if they do it, that might be the first step to the next and the next and the next to where the miracles will happen. People want to see like, you know, the big bang thing. And it's not like that at all. I mean, even for me, 
after three months or six months, I can look back and I go, wow, look what's happened just by going step by step and listening to what our guides have to say. And when we find out why different people are in our life this time, good or bad, especially when they're not a positive part of your life and you find out the lesson that they have for you, you can come back to that person with so much more compassion or you can let them go and it's no longer an internal struggle. You mentioned a council. Who or what is this council on the other side? We all have a council. Not all sessions get there, but when we have time, we do or if they ask to meet their council. And it is a number of guides that come together that are with us, and they help us in different aspects of our life. I have one for motivation, one for persistence, and we meet with the council, and each one of them will tell you why they're with you, how they will support you and what you need to do. Wow, that sounds like that could be pretty invaluable information if that's part of the intention for the session. And one of the fun things on my first session when I was in school, first of all, when I was in the womb was the first time in my life I felt and I knew my mother loved me and wanted me life-changing. And then I got to the life and body selection room. And I went into this room and there's like, well, the day before half the class got their session and the other half gave it. And then the next day I got mine. So in the morning we heard all these people spending all this time in the life and body selection room to find the body that went with the profession or the part of the world they were born in. It was incredible. So I get to mine and I run in and I grab the first one. And the facilitator said, wait, where are you going? And I said, I got to go. I'm in a hurry. If I don't get born right now, I got to go back to my council and make a whole new life. And I've got so much lined up for this life. I got to go. Well, in that time, what I learned from it, I was born at 1030 at night on December 20th. The next day, I would not have been a Sag. I would have been Capricorn. And running in and grabbing something is how I shop. I am not one that can go and go through racks and look. No, I can just drive my ex-husband crazy. I could stand at the door and go, nope, not in here. And when this drives everybody crazy, when I find something (laughs) I like, I buy it in every color. So that was two big things that I learned in the life and body selection room, that if you don't take and dissect the information that you get, then you miss what the session was about. Yeah. And what I love about that is almost like your personality carries over right from the other side to the physical, like who you are is who you are. That could be really profound for some people. For some people, they might think, oh, gosh, if so and so is like that on the other side, I don't want anything to do with them. But that's really, really neat. Now, did you meet your guide when you did your session? I did. 
when I left the death scene and started going up, we couldn't find my guy. And pretty soon he was behind me. So the facilitator said, why are you behind her? And he said, number one, she never asked me for anything. And number two, she doesn't like to be told. Yeah, that's pretty much me. (laughs) If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it just to prove I can do it. Oh, gosh. Bless your guide. (laughs) And then we got a better communication going with it. And I have totally learned that when I don't listen, like October of 18, I had a bunch of money in my drawer and I put my money in there from the week and I heard, put that money in the bank. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it Monday. And then I had a bowl on my desk that at night I'd take all my jewelry off and I'd put it in there. And I heard, put that jewelry away on Saturday night. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. Sunday night, in the middle of the night, while we were sleeping, our house was broken into. Oh, no. And they took everything. Mm. All my jewelry, all the money. My purse that I left under my desk. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was very distinctively Mm. told what to do and didn't do it. Yep, and then that's what happened. Yes. So you've learned to listen to your guide? I have learned to listen a lot more. And I think one of the most valuable lessons was in a session I had at the beginning of 2019 because I've had so many, this woman doesn't, we don't do a book perfect session. She lets me go. And it opened up, this gorgeous man was standing on this hillside with all this greenery. And all he had was a loincloth on. And she said, what's he doing? And I said, he's waiting for a support system. And she said, okay. So a little bit, she goes, what's he doing now? And I said, he's waiting for his support system. Then she waits and she goes, what's he doing now? And I said, he died. And she said, he died. And I said, isn't that weird? He died standing there waiting for somebody to support him. And she said, well, did he give up? And I said, no, he never gave up. He just died. And then we went on to meet my counsel And that's when I got this motivation and perseverance activity. That was like in March. In May, my husband left. And I was told by them, you have to regain you and your support system. So I knew that's what I had to do. I didn't know how. I definitely didn't know how. And I spent like pretty much two and a half months every night laying on the ground in the backyard, you know, getting grounded, talking to them, journaling. And in two and a half months, it was like, boom, everything just started falling into place. I rented rooms. So I had money because when he left, he took all the money and an editor for behind the chair fell in my lap 
by New Year's Eve. Now, June 1st, I had no money. I didn't even know how I was going to pay the bills or eat. December 31st, I'm on an airplane to Maui to stay in a free condo with free airline tickets. And from behind the chair came back from the editor while I was on the plane over there. So I kind of went, I passed. But when they say you have to find your support system or regain you, even if you don't know how, you just got to keep asking them what to do, what to do, what to do. And there were days I'd be walking from my beauty shop and healing rooms in my backyard. And I'd hear, write this down. And it was some of the most profound information that I'd ever received. Do you think having done these sessions opened you up more to receiving this information? Definitely. We have a saying, give a healing, get a healing. I mean, I get something out of every session somewhere, even if it's more love, more compassion, more understanding. And now it's like my client's guides before we're done, they will come out as blatantly and say, you can ask any question you want about yourself. And these people don't know anything about me. And they will give me information. One of them, maybe months, six weeks ago, she said, wherever you're going, you are going to find an ancient golden key and you have to unlock the door. Well, I'm going to the most ancient country in the world, almost Greece. We're going to a new island that I've never been to. I told Marina, I just want to go to that island so bad. So we're going there. And I know that this golden key is a metaphor. I mean, I'm quite sure I'm not going to be walking on the beach and find a key. So we'll see what comes out of that. Oh, how interesting. In 2001, when I was leaving Greece the first time, right after I'd met her, I was sitting at the airport and I looked at my then husband and I said, Africa's calling me. And he goes, well, I don't want to go to Africa. And I said, okay. And then he goes, you wouldn't go without me, would you? And I said, of course. Well, it took until 2018. And Marina and I went to Africa and it was amazing. So, I mean, some of these things, they come. I know they're going to happen, but then you just have to live it out until it's time. What are some of the other benefits that you can share with the listeners of having a life between life session that you've witnessed from your clients? Well, in January, I had a cruise canceled. And I thought, I have never in my life had 10 days home alone. And I'm not telling anybody the cruise got canceled. So they're not calling me for hair. And I started making this long list of everything I was going to do. The first morning, the phone started ringing. And I ended up doing, I think, 12 or 14 sessions in 10 days. And one, this girl calls me. I just finished a four-hour session. And she wanted to end it all. So I said, what do you mean by end it all? And she said, well, she had tried to commit suicide a few years before. And the only thing that was stopping her now 
is she was afraid she'd fail at it again. And I had to eat and go to the bathroom and do all of that. So I, I gave her a list of things to do. And I said, you need to do all these in the next half hour. And then I'll call you and we'll do a session. And we just did a two-hour session. And her life changed totally overnight. Now we've had more two-hour sessions. And now she's going to school to be a Reiki master. She's closer with her son. She got a job promotion. She's traveling around Southern California with her son and her boyfriend. And it's amazing to watch lives change. Are people's lives changing because they're getting this direct access and information from their guides and other members of their team on the other side? A lot of it is healing the issues that are in you that are either keeping you stuck, keeping the patterns going, healing the things. And a lot of them, you don't even know their issues. I mean, when I started this, like I said, I had no idea that I did my life the way I did it. I had no idea that I hated God. I hated men. And I'd been married four times before I was 29. And I hated men. So to keep that whole thing going, I used to have car wrecks. I had a near-death experience in one. I didn't know that's what it was until I started doing this work. And one hypnotherapy session, I have not had even a fender bender since October 24th of 94 when I had that session. And before that, I mean, I had people that wouldn't even get in a car with me. Wow. And it didn't matter if I was driving or I was in a car with somebody else driving, there would be an accident. And now you don't have any. That's thank goodness for that. Are you able to share that near-death experience and what happened there? I will. Uh, We were going down the freeway and as the van was rolling, I saw this light that was the brightest light that you can ever, ever imagine. And everybody says they see it in sessions. And in this light was my real father standing there, like with his finger calling me to him. And a vision of my daughter, who was then maybe 10, jumped in front of me and said, no, you can't take my mother. And the next thing I heard was, okay, we've got her, let's transport. And I opened my eyes and saw the police had my husband like spread eagle on the top of our van. I didn't know that our van was laying on the side. And the reason they did that is because he went after the guy that caused the wreck and my husband was a police officer too. So they were going to protect him. So he didn't do anything crazy. I see. And I didn't know that was a near death experience until I started doing all this work and started hearing about him. And one night in some class, it was like, Oh my God, that's what it was. When it happened, at what point in the accident did you leave your body and have that experience? 
And did you feel any pain at the time? I felt nothing. All I remember is, you know, the little bumps on the side of the freeway. Mm -hmm. I remember those. And I remember like this glass floating through the air, just real slow. And then this vision showed up. What made you decide to become a Life Between Lives practitioner? Well, the way I got into this, and that's how the book starts, is I ran into the bathroom because I was having a heated discussion with my then boyfriend. And I ran into the bathroom, slammed the door, and I screamed, I hate my mother. And I thought, where did that come from? And then I started hearing these voices. And they were pretty loud at times. And then the next morning in the shower, they came back and they were even like talking to each other. And I really thought I was losing my mind. And I went to work and I mean, I had no idea where to go, what to do. And there was so much chaos at the house. Nothing was safe. And this magazine showed up in my purse. And I'd remembered seeing it at home. And I started looking through it. And this one phone number kept showing up. And it was that was back when we had prefixes. So I knew that it was close to my house. And I called this woman. And I said, I don't know who you are, what you do, but I need help. And she said, there's a man that does this process. And I said, okay, make me an appointment. And she says, do you want to know what he does? And I said, no, just make me an appointment. And she said, do you want to know how much it's going to be? And I said, no, just, I'm just do it. Well, I ended up, the whole story is in the book. I ended up driving about an hour that Sunday morning to listen to this man. And it was in a church that I don't go into churches then. And I sat and I listened to him for two hours and did not understand one thing he said, not one. And then at the end, we all went up to the front and and there was a woman in front of me. She was crying. She asked him, how do I deal with death? And he said, I know how I deal with death. I don't know how you should deal with death. And I thought, how stupid. If he can't tell her that, how's he going to help me? Then it was my turn, and I just said, hi, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And walking back out of that church, I thought, I know how to deal with death. Because I'd lost a set of twins when I was 17. My dad was killed when I was 8. You know, you just buck up me and move on. And so the next day I went. And at the end of this whole thing that I didn't understand one thing, so I didn't think it would ever work, was on a massage table. And he put his hands on my feet. And he says, okay, close your eyes. And I want you to visualize the essence of your life. What's an essence of your life? I don't even have a life. And I saw this vision of me in a pink suit standing in front of a group of people 
with a manila folder giving a talk. And I thought, I'll never tell anybody that one, especially not him. After, I said, I want to learn to do what you do. And he says, well, just be with this for two weeks and then get a hold of me and we'll see what's different for you. Well, in two weeks, everything was different about me. It was incredible. So I went back and I started following him. And then a year later, he quit coming to town. So we had to go out and find different things. And one class led to another, to another, to another. And that was in 93 and 4. And by 2001, one of my teachers said, when are you going to take your knowledge and do something to help other people? And I said, Monday. And she says, okay, what are you going to do? And I said, I'll go to hypnotherapy school. And she said, fine, call me when you sign up for it. So I had to. Didn't have any money, but we decided that if I signed up for it, We'd figure it out as we went. Well, a couple days later, one of my hair clients comes in. She'd signed up for the same class. So we got to share rides in hotels. One of my hair clients ended up being put on hospice, and she told me that she wanted to pay for my class. So she paid for it. And in there, in class, was when I knew I had to go to Greece. And after I came back from Greece... What I do now is if I'm supposed to make a big decision, I tell my guides, tell me in a way that I'll get it and show me a sign. And usually something really good will happen. So I was going down the street and whatever I was working on, I said, show me a sign if this is what I'm supposed to do. And I go home from work that night and I had an email from the Michael Newton Institute saying he was starting to teach his classes and did I want to come? Yeah, that was a no-brainer. I jumped on that one. And so it's one step to another, to another, to another. I love that you put it that way because I think a lot of times people expect it to be profound every time, but a lot of it has to do with a bunch of these little steps that in hindsight or in retrospect or in accumulation, you can see how it really is profound. Just in the act, it may seem like much smaller steps, but those steps are so important. In that pink suit, 10 years later, the first time I went back to Greece to work, shampoo had gotten all over all my clothes except one outfit. And I had to go give a talk down in the port downtown that night. So I put on this one outfit because everything else was on the line and it was raining out. So I had no choices. That was April 2002. And when I came home, had the pictures developed that they took, there I was with a pink suit holding a manila folder talking to a group of people. Oh, my gosh. I hope you kept that picture. (laughs) Yeah. How profound. Wow. That's incredible. Well, Jerry, this has been such an amazing talk and I really appreciate you for your time to share all that you have so far. I'm curious with all the knowledge that you have gained to this point, 
What advice would you give your younger self? Boy, I was thinking about that. The number one is what I was told a couple years ago after that divorce is that I had to love myself first and I had to love myself to the extent that I thought I loved and gave other people because nobody really completes you. And when you only love to love somebody or something, it can be taken away in a heartbeat. Just learn the value of money and what it can and can't do for you. One of my clients and I was talking about today, something that one told me way back when I was like 30. She said, you spend the first half of your life buying and gathering stuff that you think is valuable. In the second half of your life, getting rid of it. And trust me, that truer words were never said. Money, stuff, and most importantly, I mean, because when we fall in love, we get this warm, fuzzy feeling, and it's just amazing. That goes away really quick. But when you have that inside, one of the things in my book, I have this experiment that I want everybody to do. And I have this client, I've done her hair since she was 18 months old. She's tiny and cute and bubbly and, I mean, perfect. And she came in and she said, the one thing in that whole book that got me is when you said in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I love you. She said, it took me weeks to do that. And I'm going, oh my God, her? She has everything. She is everything. But you have to love yourself. And when you can look in the mirror in the morning and really say, I love you. I love my body. There's another whole thing in the book about we get up in the morning and, you know, we start complaining the minute we get up and our body doesn't look right. What we have on doesn't look right. But when you can look in the mirror and really love you and all your what you perceive as flaws, life will change. Well, that's absolutely wonderful advice. And it just goes to show you never know what sort of inner battles each person is having. So that's why don't judge anybody. If you judge anybody, go inside and ask yourself, why am I judging that person? Yeah. Well, Jerry, I really want to thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story and your truth. Oh, Laura, thank you. And I would like to do this and talk about your session too. Absolutely. That would be great when I'm ready to share. Let's do it. I think that would be cool to see the client and then the practitioner's perspective on things. I think that'd be really neat to share. Very good. And I will share too that your website is in the show notes and uh, your book, it is available on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. Or on my website. On website. Great. And Audible too. (laughs) Yes. One thing is what I put at the bottom of every email and it's in my book is our misconception of self is all that separates us from true love and abundance. Thank you. I love that. What a wonderful thing to share and to be reminded of. So thank you. All right, Jerry. Well, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you and your time and and your knowledge. So thank you. I love doing this anytime.
And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.